Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that the God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, Give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the Gospel of the Lord. And now may I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was young, my mum used to bake bread. And on baking day, there was always a lovely smell of warm bread all around the house. And we would all gravitate to the kitchen, hoping that she'd made some small rolls from the leftover bits of dough. It always tasted so good, straight from the oven. And that same evening, we would all share a plaited loaf topped with poppy seeds. I can almost taste it now. You just ripped off a piece and smothered it with butter. Gorgeous. Unfortunately, without the benefits of a freezer, by the end of the week, our packed lunches contained the last slices of the batch, which was still edible, but somewhat dry and took quite a lot of chewing. It sounds as though some of you recognise that. But it was a relatively cheap way to feed a family of five for the whole week. These days, there's such an amazing choice of bread on the supermarket shelves to suit all tastes and budgets, and they go perfectly with so many different types of food. There's naan bread, of course, with Indian, flatbreads with Middle Eastern food, or just a plain white loaf to make jam sandwiches. Bread has always been an essential part of most, most diets. And in many poorer cultures, it will be the main staple used to mop up a fairly watery soup or stew made with minimal amounts of meat or vegetables. 
For others, it will be a modest part of a much more elaborate spread. The passage we've just heard for the Gospel reading comes straight after John's recounting of the miracle of the loaves and fishes. A crowd of some 5,000 is miraculously fed from the multiplication of five loaves and two small fish. The next morning, the crowds come searching for Jesus again. What are they looking for? Are they really hungry again? Are they simply there for a free lunch? I was told when I first started my present job at the airport, if you want to get people to attend a new initiative, the best thing to do is go to Prudence Bakery in Lynham Road, just round the corner, and buy plenty of their bacon rolls to give out. That would guarantee a good turnout, even if they were only half interested in the subject. But this time, the crowd don't get a free lunch, but some profound teaching. Do not work for the food that perishes, but the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. They look back to the Israelites under the leadership of Moses. Are the crowd comparing Jesus to Moses? Moses gave his ancestor, our ancestors manna to eat to keep them going through their wilderness ordeal. If they're challenging Jesus, their expectation seems to be that he should be at least as generous as Moses in providing sustenance for his followers. But Jesus, as is quite normal for Jesus, turns the challenge straight back at them. It wasn't Moses that provided the manna, but God himself. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. A little later in this same chapter, Jesus will remind them that the manna only served as a solution to their immediate physical needs. Your ancestors ate the manna, but still died. It couldn't give them eternal life. Then Jesus reveals another profound truth. I am the bread of life. John in his gospel uses I am to make statements about the nature of Jesus. There are seven separate ones. I'll quiz you on that later. But when God calls himself I am in Exodus 3, it's a pivotal moment in the history of the Israelites. God reveals himself as their God who has come to lead his people out of exile and into a new life, out of slavery. God's name discloses who he is and what his relationship with his people will be. God is I am, eternal unchanging I am doesn't need anyone else in order to exist I am is infinite and glorious in every way above and beyond all created things all things have been created by the I am when Jesus applies this title to himself it will not be lost on his hearers he is claiming to be God. Not just a great prophet or teacher, 
healer or miracle worker, but the divine, infinite creator of all things, the one who sustains all life. Some of his hearers immediately took against him for making such bold claims of himself. They claimed that he was speaking blasphemously and began to look for ways to kill him, and that included picking up stones to throw at him there and then. Stoning, of course, would be the punishment for any form of blasphemy, as Jesus would have known. So in this statement in today's Gospel, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. As we've seen, bread, very much a staple. There are abundant references to bread in the Old Testament. Leviticus and Deuteronomy contain precise laws and rituals prescribing its place in various sacrificial offerings. But Jesus is not talking about this physical bread with which we satisfy our hunger or used to assist in our praise and offerings to God. We need the heavenly bread that comes from above to nourish our souls, not just our bodies. We can't make this bread ourselves in the same way that we are unable actually to create anything in our own strength. We may, as humans, be pretty talented and ingenious, but we can still only take created matter as the raw ingredients to fashion new objects, recipes, works of art, crafts or buildings. The psalmist says in Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labour in vain. We can do amazing things, but they will always be time-limited. Disease, illness, decay, death will ultimately overtake every generation's handiwork. But what God inspires us to do is to work for the things that are eternal. When the crowds found Jesus after the feeding of the 5,000, what were they hoping for? What are we hoping for 21 centuries later? It is good, don't get me wrong, that we have beautiful things, that we can worship in a beautiful building built to the glory of God. It's good that we can praise God through music, through erudite words, through our ta- the talents of music making. But what is our ultimate goal? It is to be fed by the true bread from heaven, Christ himself. George Appleton, bishop and writer, put it like this. The kingdom is something within you which has the power of growth like a seed. Something that you are searching for and of whose values become more confident and excited as the search proceeds and you discover truer lovelier things which are constantly being surpassed something for which you have to give everything you have no less yet no more including the earlier finds with which you were once so completely delighted or in the words of the hymn seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness 
then all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let us affirm our common faith in Jesus Christ, in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.